Combat Sports fans, welcome to another great edition of Strong Style. I'm your host, Jeremy, the Impact York, and we have a ton to talk about today. I mean, this is one of the most jam-packed weeks of the year. It's definitely on purpose, as everything is centered around WrestleMania, whether it's fighting or not. We will get into that shortly, but first I want to tell you all the ways you can be a part of this show. You can email the show, 3endzone at gmail.com. That is the blanket email for Impact Media. That is the number 3, E-N-D-Z-O-N-E, at gmail.com. You can search for us on Facebook. Look for Strong Style or Impact Media. You should be able to find us there. If you are a person who just likes to click a link and listen to a show, we definitely appreciate you guys. And here are the ways you can do that. You can go to Twitter, at Team Impact Media. Scroll down to the appropriate show and click on the link. You can also follow me, at the Impact 99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram for all show-related things and a lot of non-show-related things. You know, all the different things we do outside of this outside of this building, actually. Uh, you can also find us anywhere you find a podcast, including Podcast One, Spotify, and the iTunes Store. Or in iTunes, rather. And... Uh, other than that, let's jump right into Strong Style, which is the weekly dive off the top rope here at Impact Media into the world of mixed martial arts and professional wrestling. Like I said, we will preview WrestleMania and a lot of other stuff later on. First, let's jump into the UFC. Let's talk a little fighting. The UFC recently, as of last weekend... They're off this weekend. They are one of the few combat sports leagues who uh, avoids WrestleMania, but they're one of the few who can. Because going head-to-head with WWE would actually probably hinder their numbers just a little bit. It would water them both down. The UFC uses a similar model to the WWE as to how they conduct business. So, uh, you know, talent recognizes talent. They are recognized as the two top in their uh, respective sports. So, uh, anyway, UFC Fight Night last weekend. We got to see Marlon Chito Vera versus Corey Sanhagen in the main event. Let's start right there. As you guys know, we always talk about the main card here. I'll tell you about some other fights or performances I thought I liked or that you should potentially look at. I believe... You sh- this whole thing was on ESPN, so you can probably go to ESPN Plus and rewatch it. I would imagine it's on there. If it's not, I'm sure somebody is. There were some good moments, some really good moments for sure. Let's go to the main event. Marlon Chito Vera versus Corey Sanhagen in the Bantamweight main event. This was a this was an interesting fight. I felt like that Chito Vera had a different type of strategy than he normally uses. Um, I don't know if it was just because he was respecting Corey Sanhagen's uh, power and skills, and and uh, maybe he, you know, he was he was almost over respecting them. 
But it seemed like Cheeto was not, he didn't really settle into being Cheeto Vera until like the third or fourth round, it felt like to me. And by then, Corey was controlling the fight. I mean, you can, you might could give an early round to it to, to Vera. You might could give a later round to him. Sanhagen clearly won this fight, and he won the split decision. Weird that it was split decision. I mean, somebody gave the fight to him, which is fine. Uh, but Corey Sanhagen, uh, you know, I, I, when I picked this fight, I said every time I go against Cheeto, it burns me. Corey's right there, too. And uh, went against Corey, and he, he got me in this one. Sanhagen was known as the gatekeeper for a while. You had to go through him to get to the top. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think it's beyond that. You have to get through Corey Sanhagen to not get into the top level, probably to get at the champ. Corey's got to be looking at uh, a potential uh, title shot himself here soon because great performance. I said him and Cheeto put on a good battle, but in the end, Corey Sanhagen, he controlled this fight. He fought the fight. He wanted to fight, and uh, he gets to win. Your co-main event, Holly Holm versus Yana Santos in the women's bantamweight division. It was a bantamweight night on the UFC. Uh, unanimous decision win for Holly Holm. It amazes me how good she is. And I don't want it to be a knock, but she is somebody that as she has got further into her career, she has realized that she needed to change her game up. And it's not that her game was bad, but as trying to avoid using the words I want to use, uh, as you get further into your career, Certain skills are harder to maintain, and certain ones are not. And you've got to play to your strengths and continue to get better. And she just continues to do that. She doesn't go out there and try to run circles around people anymore. No, she gets you in the clinch. She gets you on the ground. She beats you where she knows she can beat you, which is a lot of places, actually. But uh, Yana Santos put up a, a good fight. Holly Holm, this, this was her night. She probably had a better performance than Corey Sandhagen. He had a good performance. But uh, home gets the win. We will see where that puts her moving forward. As they don't ask our opinion. They should. You know, UFC, WWE, this is all ask our opinion, right? They should ask you guys' opinion. I feel like we could book some good stuff. Anyway. Uh, next on the main event. Or the... Uh, main card, rather. Nate Landwehr took on Austin Lingo. Landwehr gets the submission victory. Was it midway through the second? It sounds right. He uh, got the rear naked choke. Yeah, oh, it was towards the end of it. That's it, 4-11. I got the actual time in front of me. Um, decent fight. Decent fight. I liked it for the most part. And then uh, once Nate got his back, it was over. Uh, not much Austin could do. Austin gets his second loss of his career, but at 9-2, he's, he's still doing all right. Uh, Nate with a great performance. Here's the thing. When you fight this high up on a card, whether it's a fight night or not, if you win, you would think you would need to be at least this high again, which means Nate is probably not far away from headlining one of these. I could definitely see that. 
Um, Andrea Lee took on Macy Barber. My goodness, this was controversial. Let's get right into it. Macy Barber gets your split decision win. I'm not saying Macy Barber was bad. But in the fight that I watched, I thought Andrea Lee, this was real close. To be split, it, it was close. But I thought Andrea Lee did just a little bit more and had a little bit more pop on uh, the strikes and the things she was doing. Hey, once again, I'm not one of the three judges that decide this. So congratulations to Macy Barber. You you stayed in the fight. That's key to winning the decision. You have to get there. You had to get to the decision. And uh, she's now 12-2 and two and moving up the ranks. I would like to see Andrea Lee in a similar bout somewhere in the near future. I don't think she should be penalized for that. And I don't think Dana's going to do that. But, uh, you know, that's also what Dana always says, remember, is if you let it go to the judges, then all bets are off. Not a whole lot you can do about it. Uh, but good old Macy Barber, like I said, she stayed in the fight. She, was, she wasn't ran over in this fight. She did some really, really good things, and I, I would give her one of the three rounds. But, once again, if you let it go to the judges, then all bets are off. And then finally, we got to see uh, Chidi uh, Nikowani against Albert Durayev. Uh, I, I was trying to say it the wrong way. Durayev. Uh, Durayev gets the split decision win here. This was this was the right call. This is the right call. I could see where he, pe- some people thought maybe Chidi won with some of the um, progress and momentum he had throughout the fight. And I could, but. To me, I, I had it two rounds to one, uh, Duraev, and I thought that was the right call. Duraev uh, seemed to do just a little bit more. It was about as close as the uh, Macy Barber injury Lee, but not quite. This one kind of served us up that next one, and that, that was kind of interesting. But uh, other than that, I thought, great fight night. Their fight night cards are, I mean, as A+, plus, as sometimes even better than the pay-per-views. Uh, some other fun performances. Uh, Daniel Pineda with a great submission win. Uh, he had the guillotine choke. Um, Trevin Giles got the split decision over Preston Parsons. Just uh, pretty good. Just solid, solid night of fights. And of course, UFC, like I said, is off this week. Next weekend is UFC 287. Alex Pereira versus Israel Adesanya for the middleweight world title. Also has Gilbert Burns, Jorge Masvidal. That's going to be insane. Rob Font, Andrea Dianez. We're going to talk more about Kevin Holland fighting against Ponzinibbio. We're going to talk more about that one next week for sure. Now, let's... Let's see, let's, uh, what else we preview? And let's talk some Bellator 293. Bellator 293 happened last night. Unfortunately, I didn't do this show in time to preview it, so we will talk about it instead. Uh, another good night of fights. 
it's between UFC, between Bellator MMA, and between the PFL, you're not going to get a bad, you're not going to get a bad night of fights. There's always some just spectacular fighting going on between those three. Um, I'm hoping to get a little bit more time to watch some of the other ones around, you know, uh, one and, and some of the others, but between those three, uh, just spectacular. Uh, there we go. They were at the Pachanga Resort Casino in Temecula, California for Bellator 293. Your main event was Marcelo Gom versus Daniel James in the heavyweight division. This man, Godzilla King Kong, in, in uh, a striking match for sure. Uh, just if, if you want to see two heavyweight, I mean, this looked like uh, the next Marvel superhero movie where it was just the Hulk and Thor in a boxing match. Just, uh, just amazing, amazing punch of power of these guys. And yeah, I know they're bigger, they're heavyweights. I get that kind of stuff, but man, just throwing, just throwing cinder block hands, as I like to say. Ultimately, this comes down to, as I predicted, because you can go on the Bellator MMA app and predict. Um, do a prediction thing to earn points. I don't think the points mean anything, but it's fun to do. Um, TKO win for Daniel James in that one. That's exactly what I said would happen. Uh, Daniel James, if I'm a heavyweight over there, I'm not sure I want to necessarily face him. But uh, Golem had a good performance. But Daniel James, man, he, he was ready for spotlight, and he got it. Your co-main event, Kat Zingano taking on Leah McCourt in the women's featherweight co-main event. This was as good as we thought it was going to be. Sure, Kat Zingano comes in as the big, as the big favorite, and uh, she did get the decision win. But Leah McCourt gave her, she gave her a fight. Now, pretty sure that the winner of this. He's going to get Chris Cyborg somewhere down the road. Kazangano, Chris Cyborg, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think Leo McCourt would have been a fun fight too. But Kazangano, she's really found uh, a good home in Bellator. I think it helps set her up for the success that she is wanting to have. And... Uh, if it's Cyborg, if it's whoever it is in the featherweight division, it's going to be a good fight. Uh, in the middleweights, we had John Salter, who won by decision over Aaron Jeffrey. Uh, Salter, man, he's, he's something else. Uh, I like Aaron Jeffrey. He's actually who I picked in that fight, but... Man, uh, John Salter, he just continues to impress. Uh, gets, like I said, decision win over Aaron Jeffrey is a good fight. If you get a chance to go back and rewatch this one, you should. 
Uh, also on the main card, Archie Colgan gets the TKO win over Justin Montalvo. I also predicted that, by the way. Colgan TKO. Uh, man, these two lightweights, they reminded people that they do not get paid by the hour. They get paid by the decision. Uh, good fight there. And lastly, Luke Trainer gets the submission win over Sullivan Cawley. And ultimately, Luke Trainer won twice on the night. As John McCarthy was talking to him, Luke Trainer decided to surprise his girlfriend and proposed to her right there in the middle of the cage. And I believe she said yes, by the way. So congratulations to Luke Trainer and his girlfriend, his now fiance. And what a great night of fights that there was. Great night. Now let's move on to the PFL. The PFL kicks off their regular season today uh, on ESPN starting at 6 p.m. Or ESPN Plus starting at 6 p.m. for the prelims. ESPN at 9 p.m. for the uh, main card. And my goodness, they they have some matchups. Thanks to us being able to cover them last year in Atlanta, which they will be back in Atlanta in a couple of weeks. We look forward to that as well. Uh, got to know some of these guys. The featured bout the featured matchup tonight will be the reigning defending undisputed featherweight champion Brandon Lockmane versus Marlon Moraes. That is going to be incredible. Brendan has always been looking for the chance to prove even more that he is one of the best featherweights on the planet. What better way to do it than against Marlon Moraes, who has the the, the bigger pedigree uh, than a lot of other featherweights out there right now. I actually think Brandon has a, a pretty good chance to win this one, but I look forward to watching it. Not to be outdone in the light heavyweight event, the reigning defending undisputed champion there, Robert Wilkinson, the pride of Australia, and uh, has one of the best Freddie Mercury mustaches I've seen, against Tiago Santos. You guys know Tiago. That right there is going to be uh, just the barn-burning Donnybrook you think it's going to be. Wilkinson likes to get get in and out early. Uh, Santos may want to turn this into a dogfight, and if it does that, he might have the advantage. Wilkinson is going to want to get this done quickly because the longer it goes, I think it favors Santos just a little. Uh, by the way, it's going to be all lightweights and featherweights. Uh, they they like to do that with their their uh, fight nights. Uh, next up, they have Christoph Jocko, very solid fighter versus Will Fleury, another solid fighter with some. He's kind of more of the up and coming. I heard up and coming. He's eleven and three. He's he's more of the younger prospect though. But uh, Jocko and Fleury, it might be fight of the night. It, it might steal the show because these two are going to come in swinging. We're also going to get Mavlid uh, Kabuliev 
who is 1901 in the no contest against Roji Kudo in the featherweights. I wouldn't want to face either one of these. Kudo is uh, really fun to talk to, but uh, Kaibuliev is uh, is a machine. He is a monster. He is a heavy, heavy favorite favorite in this. But uh, never never count out Roji Kudo. We get to see the return of Chris Wade versus Bubba Jenkins. This was a fight we did not get a chance to see. At the Atlanta press conferences, Chris Wade said that uh, he was on a little bit of a, not really revenge tour, but uh, he was righting some wrongs. He didn't like what Bubba Jenkins had said about himself or his family. He didn't like what Brendan Lochnane had said about uh, him or his family as well. And then Brendan Lochnane took him out in the first fight in the playoffs, so we never got to see him face Bubba Jenkins. So we start off there. But this one is is uh, it's going to be more strategic than it sounds. It sounds like just two guys are just going to start scrapping. Well, Bubba's going to want to take this to the ground. If he takes it to the ground, Chris Wade is going to have a little bit of an issue because Bubba Jenkins is a all-world amateur wrestler. Or he's an all-world wrestler. Forget the word amateur. He's an all-world wrestler who teaches this to his his uh, his students uh, back home when he's not fighting. This can be fun. I do think Bubba Jenkins is going to get this to the ground. I think his wrestling is going to be very, very big in this. But I still give the advantage to Chris Wade just the slightest. This is going to, Bubba's going to yell at me when he sees me now. I just feel like Chris Wade is going to find a way to win this fight. Um, maybe it does go to the ground, but maybe he finds a way to get up. And if it's on the feet, I think Chris Wade has the ability to win this Up next in the light heavyweight division, we get Martin Hamlet versus Muhammad Fakhruddin. I don't know much about Muhammad Fakhruddin. I really don't. I got to see Hamlet fight. Hamlet's a great fighter. He is the slight favorite in this. They've got it. The DraftKings Sportsbook has this close to even. It's not quite. Um, I'm going to go with Fakhruddin. Don't know a lot about him. But I am I'm just gonna just gonna go on the simple fact that me not knowing a lot about him means he's gonna find a way to win this. I could be wrong and Martin Hamlet yell at me in a couple weeks as well. In the light heavyweight division, Josh Silvera, who was very impressive in, in his Atlanta uh, fight last year, takes on Sam Kai. Kai is also very good. Silvera is a minus 600 favorite, though, to a plus 450 for Sam Kai. Silvera should win this. He he very good wrestler. Uh, if he gets the takedown early, this could be an early stoppage because his ground and pound and his striking uh, is is very, very good. And I'm not sure that Sam Kai can uh, go blow for blow on that. In the featherweight division, we're going to get Alejandro Flores versus Daniel Torres. Torres is the uh, decent favorite at minus 225, plus 190 for Flores. 
I think Torres has a little bit more of the momentum and uh, being a featherweight, I think he's going to try to he's going to try to be a lot faster. He's going to try to use the speed advantage uh, over Flores. In the featherweight division, Gabriel Braga brings his undefeated 9-0 record against Jesus Pinedo. He's a seasoned vet at 25-1. About a little over twice as many fights. You've got to, I mean, there's not any odds for this one, which is kind of crazy. you got to think Braga is a slight favorite since he's undefeated. Uh... I feel like the Brazilian, just because he's from Brazil, doesn't mean he's going to necessarily go for. He's going to necessarily, you know, try to use jujitsu or anything all the time. But I do feel like Braga is going to try to put Pinedo on the ground and try to take advantage from there. And one I am looking forward to because. As I've said before, by far one of the most intense fighters I ever met. But uh, and it's it's not an act. It's not an act. He's very intense. He is very highly motivated, and uh, he's actually a good interview. Delon Monty is going to take his nine and three record against Ty Flores. Uh, Flores is no slouch. He's no slouch in this at all. And uh, Delon is going to want to use his intensity and use his quickness against Flores because Flores is probably going to want to slow this down. And if he can slow it down and actually frustrate Monty, there's a good chance that he can find a way to victory. I think Delon Monty is going to win this one. I think his, uh, he's going to try to get in and out quick. But if it turns into a dogfight, uh, go ahead and flip a coin. They both have the ability in that fight. And I think there's one more. Yep, one more on the card in the light heavyweight division as Corey Hendricks is going to face Impa Kasagane. Kasagane is the slight favorite at minus 150, plus 130 for Hendricks. I think Kasagane is from UFC, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know much about either one of these fighters. I will just say Kasangane just for the sake of picking somebody. But this all kicks off tonight. This is Saturday. If you miss it on ESPN Plus and ESPN, I'm sure it will be on ESPN. Should be a lot of fun with that. And like I said, they'll be in it. They'll they're in Las Vegas this week. They're in Las Vegas next week, and they're in Las Vegas the following week. And then June 8th, 16th, and 23rd which is a Thursday, Friday, and Friday. They will be at the OTE Arena here in Atlanta. I look forward to it. It'll be fun to get the media gang back together, all the friends and fun people I met last year. And uh, PFL, man, they throw a heck of an event. And if you get a chance to go, you should go. You never know who is walking around there. There has been UFC guys walk around there. Um, Dan Lambert was there. As you guys saw, I got to meet him. There's just all kinds of fun people walking around all the time. And uh, it's just super easy just to walk up to them. But that will do it for the MMA portion of 
our show. We're going to take a quick break where we will tell you about our friends at betonline.net. And when we come back, we will be talking pro wrestling, including uh, Impact Wrestling Sacrifice, Ring of Honor Supercard, uh, and then we're going to preview WrestleMania and NXT Stand to Deliver, among a couple other things. We'll be right back after this. Hey, this is Jeremy the Impact York from the Impact Media family of podcasts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest ways to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here on Strong Style. I'm your host, Jeremy, the Impact York. Make sure to visit our friends at betonline.net. They've got the betting and wagering lines. They have uh, the podcast. They have the articles, everything to make you a better, more educated fan, even if you are not wagering on these events. Maybe you're not allowed to where you're at. Whatever the case, betonline.net is a great resource to help you be a better, more educated fan. Early part of the show, we talked UFC, PFL, Bellator. They have either all recently had events or are having events very, very soon. Make sure to check all those out and go back and listen to that part of the show. But this part of the show, we are going to start with Impact Wrestling's sacrifice that happened uh, last weekend. And uh, I'll be honest, it's, they, I, I always say Impact Wrestling has just uh, a really incredible roster. Just sometimes I don't get the booking. I don't get the pairing together of the way they do things. And that's, you know, it is what it is. I could say that about a lot of them. But this card went from on paper looking okay to being actually pretty good. Because the performers came out and they, they really... Uh, exceeded a lot of my expectations, and I think a lot of yours too. So we start on the pre-show where Eddie Edwards took on Bupender Gujar. They keep building up Gujar like he's going to be their next great prospect, and then they just bury him under somebody in like a 14-second match or something. It's really, really goofy. I, I don't quite understand it, but this was a good match. Eddie Edwards is a great performer. And uh, him and Bupender did some, I mean, they, they have some chemistry. Like, I could see this, I could see this match happening again somewhere down the road. This was just a good match, not a lot to it. There wasn't a real story or anything like that. But uh, we all know that Eddie and PCO are going to be really getting into it very, very soon again. But for now, uh Gujar had some really good moments. It came down to the Boston knee party from Edwards, and he got the victory. Up next, wait, I think we were on to the main card now as the knockout world, the knockouts world tag team champion uh, champions, Kylan King with Taylor Wilde, or one of the champions rather, took on Rosemary with Jessica. I don't know if Taya is still around or not. 
Taya is officially with AEW. I don't know if she still moonlights with Impact Wrestling. I think she's gone, but uh, we'll see how that goes with the uh, tag division. Uh, of course, Rosemary defeated Kylan King. Okay, this is all pre-show still. See the note now. Producer Sasser just reminded me. Uh, it's going to be a good feud between between uh, what is it? The Coven they're calling themselves or something? Bad. Okay. And uh, the Death Dolls, uh, Jessica and Rosemary. That makes a lot of sense. Taya is good and she pairs with a lot of people. She didn't really fit what they were doing with the Death Dolls stuff. So uh, she's definitely she definitely stuck out there. So it'll be it's good to see her on AEW. We'll get into stuff she does here in a minute with that. Uh, good win for Rosemary. Uh, she gets buried a lot, so uh, good for her to get that win. We finally got to see the long-anticipated rematch of Speedball Mike Bailey against the Octopus Jonathan Gresham. Uh, Mike Bailey. He's got some fun stuff. He's kind of like a... He's very innovative with a lot of the martial arts strikes and things that he does. Um, He's fun to watch. And Jonathan Gresham is by far one of the best mat technician actual wrestlers I've ever seen. Uh, I would love to see him versus Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson, whatever he wants to go by. Um, There's a couple other ones, just technicians that... That just to watch those technical matches, I think would be spectacular. Uh, what's crazy is as good as Jonathan Gresham is, is they they have Mike Bailey won this match. One thing they realize how good Jonathan Gresham is. He could be your world champion. He was Ring of Honor, former Ring of Honor world champion. He's held belts all over the world. I still don't get it. But a uh, good win from Mike Bailey. We'll see what happens with the fallout of that one. So once again, it goes back to the booking. That just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, Joe Hendry def- defeated Brian Myers and retained his digital media championship. This was a really good match. Joe Hendry is uh, they're starting to see that he's a guy they could build on, and so they are using this as a television title, basically, to to build on. And uh, Brian Myers is very underrated. Very underrated. Um, I mean, he not only runs a wrestling school, but he is a great mechanic. You guys let me... You, you guys... Uh, I've had me describe that before, mechanic. When he is in the ring, the things he does makes the other guy look great and makes himself look great. He makes the whole thing work. He knows what he's doing, and he's a, he's a great wrestler. He knows how to tell a story with his actions and not just do a bunch of moves like it's a video game. Um, I don't know that people like Brian Myers ever get respect. He should, but at least on this show, he does. But good for Hendry. Like I said, I, I believe in Joe Hendry. You guys should believe in Joe Hendry. He's, he's a guy they can build on. Uh, 
Uh, Deanna Perrazzo took on Giselle Shaw. You know, I told you guys about this one, that if Giselle won, I could see Deanna. There's rumors that she could go back to WWE because she was their top prospect when she got let go a couple years ago and came to Impact. Um, but Giselle is, is really good. I've been following her for years. From actually WoW Women Wrestling. But only one person was the virtuoso in this match, and that was Diana Perrazzo. Uh, she eventually gets the Venus de Milo and gets the submission win. Really, really good match. Um, I can see Diana back in the world title picture very soon. A uh, good match, though. Giselle really held up her end of the match. And that, that's what you want to see. You want to see both competitors make it as good of a contest as they can. These two actually did. And the weird thing about this one was that Savannah Evans attacked Perrazzo after the match. And then Tasha Steeles returns. And makes the save, and you get Steels versus Savannah Evans staring at each other. They used to be, uh, they used to be a team together. So I guess we'll see a couple more tag events and things like that. Overall, though, the women's knockout division is still pretty stacked. They've got a lot of great, talented women over there. Uh, we got to see Kenny King with Eddie Edwards versus PCO. This was the power spot fest we thought it would be, but Kenny King is very good as well. He's you know, he's a great showman when it comes to his wrestling prowess. Uh, in the end, PCO punches through a chair that uh, Kenny King had and uh, gets the victory there. We're going to get PCO Eddie Edwards somewhere down the road. Uh, we got told that Jody Threat is coming to Impact Wrestling. Who is Jody Threat? I don't have the foggiest idea either. I guess we'll find out on what Thursday when Jody Threat shows up. X Division Champion Trey Miguel took on Lince Dorado. We all know Trey's going to retain him. That I don't have to tell you the results of it, and he does retain. But they're bringing in challenger after challenger. The X Division is not just about the high-flying, things like that. And I like that they're bringing in different style opponents for Trey Miguel to face. I mean, he, he has faced Crazy Steve. He has faced uh, just, just a litany of people. And uh, this was a really good match. There were a lot of high lucha action moments, but... Uh, but Miguel can actually wrestle pretty well, and so can Dorado. So we got to see a lot of other really, really good things. Uh, the Bullet Club, Ace Austin and Chris Bay, took on TMDK, otherwise known as Shane Haste and Bad Dude Tito, for the World Tag Team Championships. Good match. I'm not real familiar with TMDK. I've seen them a couple times, I think, on New Japan. I've seen them somewhere, but uh, they're actually a pretty formidable team. And uh, for, a, for a few times, I thought maybe we could get a title change, but then we didn't. 
Ace Austin and Chris Bay have really, really gotten into really gotten into their uh, their groove here of being a, a good solid team and good Bullet Club members. Um, then we got Bully Ray versus Tommy Dreamer in a busted open match, otherwise known as a first blood match. We all knew something underhanded was going to happen here. At some point, Bully Ray gets busted open. He finds a way to hide it from the ref and busts Tommy open. And then that was the end of that because Tommy lost the match. Uh, Bully was able to get a towel thrown to him so he could wipe the blood off of him. And then it didn't matter. Once the match was called, the match was called. I, I don't know why this match even happened. I, Tommy could still wrestle. Bully could still wrestle. Busting the other one open, what is, I mean, all it really did, busted open is like, I think, Tommy Dreamer's, uh, it is Tommy Dreamer's podcast, I think, or one he's on or something like that, but, uh, I mean, I just, I don't know. We know the good hands attack Dreamer after the match, Yuya Yamura tried to make the save. And then Darren McCarty come in. Yep, former NHL star Darren McCarty come in. And uh, Bully said, yeah, let him in. Why not? Uh, there was a hockey fight until Hodgson Schuyler jumped in from behind. Ultimately, McCarty gets put through a table. And then Scott Demore makes his return, calls for backup as uh, Heath, Rhino, uh, Jonathan Gresham, Mike Bailey, Joe Hendry all hit the ring. Demore does a Canadian destroyer on Hotch, and Bully looked like he pooped himself. <laughs> he could not believe he saw that out of Scott Demore, and I was right there with him. I didn't necessarily have the the uh, bathroom faux pas, but uh, I've known Scott Demore is a, is a great talent, and, and he used to wrestle before he started doing some management things, and then now he's in the upper management. But uh, he looked incredible when he did that, just just incredible. It's just fantastic. Uh, and I believe their next event is in Windsor, Ontario, I believe, July 15th for Slammiversary. Then this led, they, they made that announcement. I don't think it's their next event. I think they got a couple between there. But uh, they announced that they'll be in Windsor. And then lastly, and see, here's the thing. Jo uh, Josh Alexander had to vacate the title belt. He tore a bicep or something like two days before this event. I don't know where he was or what he was doing. doesn't matter. So he had to vacate. He was supposed to be in this, this match here. It's supposed to be him, Rich Swan, and Frankie Kazarian versus Time Machine, which is Kushida and the Motor City Machine Guns. Well, now that he is out, he's going to be out for a while. Steve Macklin steps in. Steve Macklin, who I believe is going to take on... He's going to take on somebody for the vacant belt. Maybe Kushida for the vacant belt. Steve Macklin should be your champ, by the way. Another person for Kushida. Kushida would be fun, but Steve Macklin steps in, as he should. No more contender steps in. Uh, it didn't seem to matter, though. 
because he tapped out to the hoverboard lock, which is just going to foreshadow those two being in a match. Uh, Time Machine ends up with the win. Like I said, the hoverboard lock, otherwise known as that that, uh, arm bar that Kushida does better than most MMA guys, that was very interesting. Interesting that... Uh, he would he would tap to that, but like I said I thought it was a good solid event. I thought they did a, a really good job, and you know I look forward to the aftermath of what will happen this week. With all that, let's go to Ring of Honor Supercard, which they had just last night, I believe. Good to see Ring of Honor back in a platform where people can watch it. They can go to Honor Club and watch all their weekly stuff. Um, This was a really, really solid card. On the pre-show, Jeff Cobb and Tracy Williams had a uh, a pretty good match. Jeff Cobb is is exceptional to be that size. It's amazing. The stuff he did in Lucha Underground is insane. But um, he beat Tracy Williams. Tracy Williams, very good, uh, with five pinfall after Tour of the Islands, which is his move. Uh, we got the return of Nigel McGuinness. He's going to be back doing some commentary and other things with Ring of Honor. We still had Ring, we still had Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman, but that was the third man of the booth, Nigel McGuinness. He got a great ovation. People were so surprised when he came out, and uh, it's good to have Nigel back in the building. Kanosuke Takashita. Or Takeshita. Let me get that right one day. Konosuke Takeshita defeated Willie Mack after a running knee. This, there was only about one, maybe, I would say there were two moments on the main card that were better than this. Other than this, this would have been match of the night, and it was on the pre-show. And that's not saying the rest of the card was bad. (laughs) Takeshita and Willie Mack really tore it up. Which is kind of the Ring of Honor thing. At any given moment, any Ring of Honor match could steal the card. Uh, we got to see Willow Nightingale versus Miranda Lees. Willow looked really great. Miranda did a good job as well. Willow gets the powerbomb victory there. Uh, Stu Grayson defeated Slim J after a nightfall backbreaker. Um, Evil Uno got a chance to smash Smart Mark Sterling. That was fun. And after the match, we got an answer to something we didn't know. We There was a rumor that a former Ring of Honor standout could be going to WWE to work with Bray Wyatt. Well, that person is Vincent. And him and Dutch of the Righteous stood at the top of the ramp and stared down the Dark Order guys of Stu Grayson and Evil Uno who were at ringside. So that could be an interesting if we see a little bit of Dark Order versus the Righteous, that could be a lot of fun. That could be a lot of fun. We finally go to the pay-per-view. Kyo Del Vikingo defeated Commander after a 630 centon to retain his AAA Mega Championship. Uh, wow, we got to see Vikingo against Kenny Omega on AEW. 
him and Commander were doing things that looked like it looked like if you took your favorite wrestling video game and Tony Hawk Pro Skater and combined the two with the kind of stuff they do, and it's just it was incredible, just incredible, so amazing. Like I said, Vikingo hit a uh, uh, he hit that six thirty for the win. Just wow. Then we got to see Metalik, Blake Christian, and AR Fox take on the embassy of Brian Cage, Khan, and Toa Leona. Look, anytime there's a mismatch of just random people on a team facing people who are champions, we all know the champions are going to retain. But Metalik, Blake Christian, and AR Fox have some really great moments, including a triple dive through the ropes. Um, they just did some really good stuff, but in the end, you're going to have to be more than quick and innovative to beat the Embassy, who are just so big and powerful. Big guys. I think it was the Cage's Drill Claw on Metalik that got the win for them. We can see the new women's title. They redesigned it. Looks kind of cool. Got some purple in there. I like purple. It, uh, you know, I think they did a good job with it. And then Athena defeated Yuka... Sakazaki, who was very underrated as well. I think we've seen her in AEW a little bit. She she is not afraid to throw the kitchen sink or herself at you. And that, um, man, it made for a really good match. Athena does win, as I said. They kept saying Sakazaki had a neck injury, and then she did this crazy uh, kind of cannonball to the outside and looked like she kind of smacked her head. So they kind of sold that too, but... Uh, other than that, other than that, this is, this is, uh, this, this was just a really, really good match for, for the Ring of Honor women's division that usually is stacked with a lot of big talent and probably the most emotional match of the night, Samoa Joe versus Mark Briscoe. For the Ring of Honor TV title. Um, Briscoe was really, really on fire early. As a lot of dim boy chants. Uh, to honor him and his late brother. Um, he smashed Samoa Joe's nose at one point. But could not get the win there. Uh, his whole family was down at ringside. Which made it spectacular. Uh, in the end, they ended up uh, ended up Samoa Joe retaining his TV title. Um, and, you know, there's always the code of honor at the beginning and end of matches, but Joe, Joe really did the right thing, and, and he pulled Mark in, and it's, he's known that guy for so long. And uh, they a great way to honor Jay Briscoe with a match like this. And uh, good on Joe for retaining. In a match that I don't know how you get this booking. You, you, it must be the, the Jericho effect. Daniel Garcia took on Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah, the ace of New Japan. Good for Daniel Garcia for getting this match, but Tanahashi is one of the best of all time. And 
Uh, Daniel Garcia did some goofy things in this. I don't think he's ready for this. But uh, in the end, Tanahashi wins with the high five fly flow. And uh, Garcia, of course, doesn't do the handshake after it because he's a jerk. We finally get the Reach for the Sky ladder match for the vacant Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. It was Rush and Julistico versus the Kingdom versus Aussie Open versus Top Flight versus the Lucha Brothers. Arguably some of the top teams in the world. And I had my favorites going in, and I was wrong. I thought the Kingdom or Aussie Open would be the uh, the ones that made a lot of sense. In the end, the Lucha Brothers end up with the win in this one. There were every kind of ladder match spot you can think of. And uh, it's definitely one to go back and watch. Wheeler Yuta took on Kasiori Shibata, the returning Shibata. He had a scary, I think it was neck and head injury years ago that many thought he would never come back to the ring from. And to see Shibata, he's one of the best strikers. Like You could say Kyle O'Reilly. You could say some other ones. But um, I would have to say Shibata is one of the best pure strikers there there is. There is. Not was, not, not could, no. He's one of the best by far. Wheeler Yuta defended his pure championship against Shibata. In the end, we have a, well, I mean, more than likely, this was because to, to move Yuta back to AEW, not worry about Ring of Honor stuff. Um, Shibata, I mean, like it says, you know, that, that injury and everything he had back then, I mean, he, in 2017, he almost died from that. And now he is a, six years later, he is back to being a, uh, an active champion. Uh, Shibata with the great win. He did the PK for the win, which is just an incredible kick. And, of course, Yuta refused to do the Code of Honor afterwards. It is what it is. Claudio Castanoli defeated Eddie Kingston to retain his Ring of Honor World Championship. I don't know what kind of animosity these guys actually have, but this match looked like two guys. This was Hatfield versus McCoy. They just wanted to destroy each other. And a lot of people say that Eddie's not as good as Claudio or Claudio is this or that. I think this proved that on a performer level, these two are pretty equal. And Kingston did everything he possibly could ultimately come up just a little short. And then he still got on the mic later on, and uh, he praised Shibata and Tanahashi because he's a big New Japan guy too. And uh, also said that uh, given the chance, he was going to kick Claudio's uh, caboose. And I am paraphrasing next time he gets the opportunity, and I believe him. But... Great, great supercard. It, it's called Supercard. It was a supercard for sure. Let's get into previewing. Well, no, let's let's review everything because I know we're approaching an hour. We're going to try to get through some of this a little quicker. There's just so much to talk about this week. Um, 
let's go AEW. AEW Dynamite. Uh, they did something about the Young Bucks being attacked. I, 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 I don't. I still don't get that angle yet. Um, Orange, Darby, and Sting took on Kip, uh, Kip, Butcher, and Blade. This was one of my favorite matches because I enjoy all six as performers, and I had Penelope down there, who I also enjoy. Uh, in the end, Sting gets the win over Kip. Really, really good match to start off Dynamite. Top Flight took on the Guns. The Guns find a way to retain. It sucks for Top Flight. They never, they never get a top booking, and it looked like uh, uh, not Dante the, or it looked like one of them, one of the Martin brothers may have hurt his leg during that ladder match in Ring of Honor. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, the Guns retained. Then the Kingdom kind of come down there and and uh, kind of get themselves involved. FTR does as well. I want to see where that goes. There's a lot of really good teams over there, too. Hook dismantled Stokely Hathaway as we thought he would, as Hathaway tried to get out of it many times. Still don't understand the angle on that one, but good for Hook. Adam Cole talked about his return. I believe he's going to face Daniel Garcia. Once again, I don't see how he gets booked in these things, but we're going to see that. Or uh, I think we saw that this past week on... Uh, Wednesday's Dynamite. You have to check that out. We'll talk more about it last or next week. Moxley with Claudio and Yuta took on Stu Grayson with the Dark Order. This ended how we thought it would. Uh, Mox ends up with the win, but Stu Grayson held his own with Mox for a long time. Tony Storm beat Sky Blue. The Outcast and Rio and Willow were all running around there by the end of it. And Kenny Omega ends up with the win over El Hijo del Vikingo, who we talked about this, that, that match, man. Just, holy cow. Holy cow. Omega is still one of the best in the world. Vikingo is amazing. Talked about him a little bit a minute ago. But uh, the Black Blackpool Combat Club came down there, and Hangman came down there to help Omega because the Young Bucks weren't there. And they seem to think that the Young Bucks were attacked maybe by the Blackpool Combat Club. Yes, we shall see. Uh, go to AEW Rampage. Hobbs defeated Penta L Zero Miedo to retain his title. Pretty good match. I mean, Hobbs needs some good defenses early on against Penta. That's that's a that's a name to put on there. Um, Juice Robinson and Ricky Starks got into it. That's going to be a fun feud. Juice Robinson, you guys are going to like a lot. Brody King defeated Jake Hager in a, that was another King Kong versus Godzilla matchup. Um, Taya Valkyrie dismantled Layla Gray. Taya versus Jade. This may be the person that, that takes down Jade Cargill, and she needs to be knocked down a peg. She's good. She's not like 56 and 0 good. It's, it's becoming annoying. And the Acclaimed beat the Kingdom. It was a pretty solid match. I actually thought the Kingdom had a better match, but the Acclaimed get the victory. What else are we missing? New Japan, David Finley, who is the new leader of the Bullet Club, it appears, with Gato, defeated uh, Tomohiro Ishii as a opening 
opening round match for the New Japan Cup that they are starting. David Finley in charge of Bullet Club. I like it. I like it. We can really see, we're going to see a different style there, just like we did with Jay White, just like we did with Omega, just like we did with AJ, all the other various leaders we've had. I think it's going to be fun. And then uh, Roki Goto and Yoshihashi defended their uh, tag belts against Tanahashi and Okada. Really good match, but it's pretty sure that uh, Tanahashi and Okada weren't going to win because they are not really an established team. They don't team very often. But a good match, including four of the top New Japan uh, talents. Wow, Women of Wrestling. I encourage people to watch that on late on Saturday nights, I believe. Like around midnight, I think, is when it comes on here. Uh, there are some, some really good performers there. And uh, I'm not going to really talk about the matches much for now because I'm trying to get – I'm just starting to get – it's now just back on TV, so I'm starting to get back into it. So I, I want to understand more of their psychology and things before I start breaking down their matches. But um, let's see who is the one. There's a couple of the star performers this this week. Um, I think it was. I think it was Americana was really good. And uh, Coach Campanelli, I thought, had a a, uh, a really good performance. Holiday is always good. Uh, maybe it was Jennifer Flores. There was somebody that really stood out, and now it is. That's who it was. Yep. Yep, that's definitely who it was. Uh, weird booking and weird ending on the on the tag main event. That's, that's why I, I want to understand it more before I – I get too far into it, but I, th- I felt like Americana was prob Americana and Coach Campanelli had the the two better performances of everybody all night, and uh, good solid action though. AJ Mendez on the on the commentary along with uh, David and some others. It's it's a good watch if you like good solid wrestling and, and women's wrestling. It's it's really good. So let's uh, let's do NXT Stand and Deliver first. Let's preview that. That, of course, is going to happen tonight. And we're going to get to see for control of Chase University. We're going to see going to see Andre Chase, Duke Hudson, and Thea Hale, along with Tyler Bate, as they will team up to face Schism, Joe Gacy, Jagger Reed, Rip Fowler, and Ava. Ava is the Rock's daughter, of course. It'd be nice to see her in reaction. Um, my prediction is that Chase University retains control of Chase University because if not, what's the point? Unless they're going to change their gimmicks up. And that could definitely happen. Um, all, not on the pre-show. This will start off. Or did this happen? Did this happen last night? This Or did it start right now? Is that? Okay, it's happening right now. That's I was about to say, wait a minute, I'm getting updated results or something here. Okay, well, then I can tell you. 
um, they did defeat them. So they will gain control of, or they will retain control of Chase University. Uh, we had a ladder match for the next NXT Women's Championship that included Roxanne Perez, who actually made her return. Um, Gigi Dolan, Lyra Valkyria, Tiffany Stratton, Zoe Stark, and Indy Hartwell. And your new NXT Women's Champion, Indy Hartwell. Good for her. I would have, I thought Tiffany Stratton might be the perennial favorite for that one. But, hey, Indy Hartwell works. I think her as Women's Champion, she more than deserves it. She's a, she's a good talent, and it gives them time to figure out what's going on with, uh, with Roxanne Perez. There's something going on there. It is not, they played it off with what they did on TV. There's something else. Uh, the next, uh, they do have, yeah. Gallus, otherwise known as Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, are going to take, uh, took on the Creed brothers, Brutus and Julius, and uh, the family, otherwise known as Tony D'Angelo and Stax Lorenzo, for the tag team championships. Well, Gallus retains their titles as they should. As I told you guys, I'm pretty sure that Gallus is the team that can that can really rule NXT for a while. And when they get called up to the top roster, maybe they're the people that take the Usos out. Uh, we're also going to see a women's tag team championship match. I think it is the one ongoing right now. Fallon Henley and Kiana James are going to defend their titles against Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. I think Isla Dawn's going to, and, and Alba Fire are more than likely going to uh, win the tag team championships. But, you know, Kiana and Fallon are a pretty good team. So we'll see what they do with that. Uh, Wes Lee is going to defend his North American Championship against Dragon Lee, J.D. McDonough, Ilya Dragunov, and Axiom. That is a firing squad. That is, that is a ridiculous fatal five-way right there. Um, we all know that McDonough and Dragunov are going to continue to fight each other for a minute, so I would take them out. Uh, Dragon Lee just stepped in. It would be interesting to see if he won it. It makes the most sense for Wes Lee to retain it. But Axiom is a fun wild card. Give me... I mean, if he beats all five of them, then who else are you going to let him face? I'm going to say Dragon Lee is going to win the North American Championship. Johnny Gargano is going to take on Grayson Waller in an unsanctioned match. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is to help build Grayson Waller. I think they really, really see a lot of high potential on Raw or SmackDown for that kid. And I agree. I think Grayson Waller is one of the best things in NXT right now. Uh, even though I'm a huge Gargano fan, Grayson Waller is going to win this match, and he's going to end up looking uh, fantastic in it thanks to Johnny Gargano. He should buy him at least a steak dinner. And Braun Breaker is going to take on Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams for the NXT Championship. I'll tell you right now, if anybody's going to beat Braun, I think Carmelo could be that guy. Now, Braun dropping the belt could mean a call-up, could mean a break, could mean they just want to change things up. But Carmelo is a guy I could see on the next level as well. I'm going to say 
I'm going to say that Carmelo Hayes will be your new NXT heavyweight champion. So that only leaves this thing called WrestleMania. And as I said, there's a reason why everybody stacked up all their events on WrestleMania weekend, except for the UFC. UFC doesn't need to. It, it would actually diminish. It would take away from both their their pushes. I think they've done it before. They didn't like the results. But everybody else plays off the hype of WrestleMania. I don't blame them. Why wouldn't you? But they have split it into two nights. And here are the way it's supposed to spill out. I believe we're going to open up with Austin Theory and John Cena's because John Cena's bedtime is at 8 p.m. He needs to get in bed just as soon as he can. No, I'm just kidding, John. Uh, singles matches will be for the U.S. Championship. If John Cena won it, would I be surprised? No. I don't like that he keeps saying that Austin Theory, you're not ready. He's not, but he keeps saying it, keeps saying it, keeps saying it. So what happens when he beats you, John? Does that mean he's ready suddenly? Because that's kind of cheesy. Um. Could John Cena win the belt? Sure. Would not surprise me at all. Um, I'm actually going to do that. I'm going to say John Cena is going to win the United States belt, and then he's going to drop it to somebody. Just a, a, a weird, humbling exper experiment here for Austin Theory, which, uh, being the local guy, I'm a big Austin Theory guy. I just, I don't know. It's a weird moment. He needed a good WrestleMania moment. I don't know opening match against John Cena is it. Uh, Braun Strowman and Ricochet are going to take on Street Profits and Alpha Academy and the Viking Raiders. Uh, just a WrestleMania showcase match. I don't know. Pick, pick, your, pick your angle here. I don't think it's going to be Alpha Academy. I think their days are numbered because Chad Gable... He's going to have a hard time calling himself Chad Gable when Gable Stevenson should be showing up in the not-so-distant future. Um, the Viking Raiders go from being top contenders to jobbing out. The Street Profits kind of the same, kind of up and down. And uh, Strowman and Ricochet are kind of a fun team, but they're not really a team. I don't know. I think their winner of this is whoever decides to go with the seven-layer dip. I think it's going to be a good match, but I don't. it doesn't mean anything. Whoever wins this, it, I don't think they get anything. It doesn't say that they get anything. So, for the sake of it, Strowman and Ricochet will probably win. I would probably go with the Viking Raiders, but I'll go with those two because it looks better on TV. Uh, Trish Stratus, Lita, and Becky Lynch are going to take on Damage Control in a match of six of my favorite uh, female competitors in the last handful of years. More than likely, Trish Stratus, Lita, and Becky are going to win for the nostalgia reason, but um, I'm going to pick Damage Control. I'm going to pick Damage Control. Big fan of those those ladies, and um, I think it'd be fun if they won. we got to shake it up. It, it's, it's going chalk so far, the way I'm looking at it. Up next, we get Rey Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. If you pick anybody but Dominic Mysterio, then you don't watch wrestling. Clearly, this is going to be his breakout moment. Uh, him and his dad, or his dad is going to do everything he can to completely make his son look as great as he can. Dominic is going to help as well. 
Dominic's going to win. I think this is going to be Ray's last match in WWE. He may go wrestle a little on the indie scene here or there, or back in Mexico or, or San Diego area, but I think Ray Mysterio is about done. He's going to win the Hall of Fame. You know, he is what it is with that. Uh, he Ray has had one of the most highlight-friendly, fantastic careers. Good for Ray. And let's hope this builds Dominic. Dominic has grown a little. We'll see what happens. Seth freaking Rollins is going to take on Logan Paul in a match that probably will steal day one. And there's, all, there's one more on the card that could. Actually, actually, there's two more on the card that could. I'm going to go ahead and say Seth freaking Rollins versus Logan Paul is going to be what everybody's talking about tomorrow morning before night two. Uh, and I'm going to say... I'm going to go with Rollins just because I can't validate Logan Paul winning that match if he's not going to be an everyday competitor. So I'm going to say Rollins. The Usos are going to defend their tag titles, their undisputed tag titles against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Feel good story is that Owens and Zayn could end the reign of the Usos. We'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll go Owens and Zayn just for the simple fact that's what I would like to see. Owens surprises the Usos found a way to retain. But that has potential to steal the night. And then finally, the main event, which could, it's hard to be the main event and steal the night, but they could just keep the crown as Charlotte Flair, Queen Charlotte, is going to defend the SmackDown Women's Championship against Rhea Ripley. Now, here's the interesting part. Rhea Ripley is a raw competitor. That's where the Judgment Day is. So unless the Judgment Day is going to go to SmackDown, I would normally say Rhea could win this match from Charlotte and win the belt, but if she does that, she'll be on the other show. What are they going to do with that? And I know they do a draft and they do shake-up after WrestleMania, so we can see that. We can see the whole group going over there, or just her and Dominic, or just her. Who knows? Maybe his breakout against his dad leads to her leaving for SmackDown. Possible. Um, it's hard to pick against Charlotte, but I'm going to say Rhea Ripley is your new SmackDown Women's Champion. We'll go to night two, where Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez are going to face Natalia and Shotzi, and also Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, and also Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville in a fatal four-way tag team match. That... Once again, doesn't mean anything. Um, who will more than likely win it? Probably Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. But my pick, my pick would be Natalia Shotzi. Gunther is going to face Sheamus and Drew McIntyre for the Intercontinental Championship. This is going to be Gunther's Time to shine. Now, he has been doing some really, really big things. His Royal Rumble performance, all kinds of other stuff, have really served him well. I think Gunther is going to retain. He's going to beat Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. He's going to continue to look like a million bucks. He has future world champion written on him. They're going to have to split them first. And by split them, I mean right now Roman has both. They're going to have to split back to a Raw and a SmackDown, and I think he is going to be champion of one or the other of them 
by the end of the year. I'm going Gunther. I don't think he needs the help of his cronies in Imperial. Um, Edge is going to face the Demon Finn Balor in a Hell in a Cell match. Kind of weird that you're going to have him be the Demon and get all painted up, and then you're going to hide him behind a cage. But uh, these two are going to destroy each other for probably 15 minutes. In the end, give me Finn Balor to win that match. I think Finn Balor finds a way to uh, win that match somehow. And maybe Edge versus the Judgment Day will finally be a thing of the past. Um, up next, Brock Lesnar versus Omos with MVP. They're trying to build Omos into a bigger monster. Taking on Brock Lesnar could help. Um, it would be really weird if Lesnar lost out to Omos. Um, this, what they should do is just have them keep battling, keep destroying each other for a minute, and uh, it'd be a no contest or something. That would make the most sense. Because you don't really need Lesnar losing if you ever want to push him as something again, but you kind of need Omos to win. I'm going to say no contest. Double DQ, something, they'll throw it out. Uh, in the co-main event, Bianca Belair is going to defend the Raw Women's Championship against Asuka. Belair's probably going to retain. Uh, I would like to see Asuka with another title reign somewhere in the near future, but I feel like Belair is just going to get it. She's just going to have it. And then lastly, Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman defends the undisputed WWE Universal Championship against Cody Rhodes, two very, very prestigious and historical families in wrestling, the Rhodes family and the Anawai family. Look it up if you don't know any of those. Um, you've got Cody being a big Georgia Bulldog fan. Roman Reigns played linebacker for Georgia Tech. There are just, there is a lot of history and everything wrapped up into this. And if you didn't bring Cody Rhodes back to beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, then why in the world did you bring Cody Rhodes back? It is the ultimate redemption story. It makes the most sense if anybody is going to end the reign of Roman Reigns because you don't have anybody else. Gunther's not big enough. You haven't pushed him big enough yet. Roman has beaten everybody else on the roster multiple times. If he does not... If Cody does not win, then I just they have painted themselves in such a corner that I don't there's no way out. Cody is gonna win this and it's gonna be fantastic and he's gonna be the only member of this family to ever hold the heavyweight championship from WWE. And that includes WWF and WWF and all the things in between. And I think it is just going to be that grand, great moment. But I'm out of things to talk about. Almost an hour and a half in. Gosh, hope you guys stayed along this, this far. If you did, if you stayed along this far, send me a message to one of the places that I told you guys you could find us here on the show or find myself or if you have to see me later on somewhere. Send me a message with the answer to this trivia question. It's one you can easily look up. It's not hard. 
before leaving for AEW and then ultimately returning to the WWE, Cody went under what mysterious ring name with a crazy getup that was a play on something his brother used to be that was that was ridiculous. Now, he did well with it, but it was ridiculous. Uh, basically, what was the last thing Cody Rhodes went under in WWE before he left and then came back? Send that, and um, I'll send a prize to, um, of all the people that send in the, the right answers, I'll, I'll pick somebody and send a prize. Maybe we'll have you on the show. Who knows? But until then, this has been another great edition of Strong Style. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. You guys go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses.